We are wrapping up our time in the Word for this Advent City, and today we're going to look at love. It's the final theme um, when it comes to the season of Advent. Welcome to Hope for the Ruri Christian Woman. I'm so glad you're here. Have you struggled with feelings of anxiety, panic, fear, and despair because life is just too hard? Are you tired of feeling like you're desperately trying to claw your way out of a pit of hopelessness? Do you want a relationship with God that is deep, real, and intimate? Something to give you the hope that you need to keep trusting God? Well, take a deep breath. I got you. If you're struggling to trust God because life is so stinking hard, if you feel like there's no hope, no way out, and no point in even praying about it anymore, if you are weary from the struggle and trying to do all the things and just want something to go right in your life, or at least for it not to get worse, this is the podcast for you. I want you to know that as long as God is on the throne, it's not time to throw in the towel. There is hope and rest for your weary heart, even when everything in your life is going wrong. How do I know that? Because I found it. Hey there, I'm LaToya Edwards, and I'm no stranger to hard times. But after walking through decades of hard times, I was so weary in my soul, and I felt like I was trapped in a pit of despair. I was frustrated, angry, and hopeless, and I was tired of waiting on God. I was overwhelmed, burnt out, and spiritually exhausted. Turns out, that's exactly where I needed to be to hear from God. During a season of forced rest, I learned more about my identity in Christ and how I was created to connect with Him. And then I was able to start my journey that led from a soul full of despair to being able to say, it is well with my soul. And I even learned how to enjoy life and dream again despite the difficult circumstances of my life. And guess what? You can too. You can find the strength you need to keep going even when things continue to get worse. The peace you need in your mind to stop being overwhelmed with negative thoughts and emotions. You don't have to stay weary. If that sounds like something you need, you're in the right place. I can't wait to help you find renewed faith, a peace-filled mind, and restored hope. Let's get to work. And we are going to look at agape love. If you're not familiar with um, the scriptures, there is more than one word that in English is love in the Bible. Um, And so you always want to make sure that you are taking the time to understand exactly what you're studying, what words mean, um, because if you don't, things can literally get lost in translation. But today we're going to look at agape love. Um, And this is distinguished between the other types of love that we might find in the Bible, because this talks about the fatherly love that God has for us, his children. And this is really, I think, the the crux of what Advent is about. The whole reason that we have an Advent season, that we celebrate Christmas and Jesus's birth is because God loved us so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins so that we would have a way to get back into a right relationship with God and not be lost um, to eternal damnation forever. And so when we look at this idea of fatherly love, um, as God is our father and we are his children, there's four um, kind of characteristics and descriptors that I want us to keep in mind. And the first one is that this kind of love, it's unconditional and it's sacrificial. So this is not a kind of love that you can gain or lose, right? You have it simply because God is who he is and we are who we are. There's nothing that you can do to earn it. There's nothing that you can do to lose it. God loves you, period, right? There's no there's no um, qualifications to that statement. God is love. God does love. And there's nothing that changes that. Um, it is unconditional. And it's also sacrificial. 
when we think about love, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, greater love has no man than this, and that is to lay down his life for another. And this is precisely what we see in the person of Jesus Christ. God loves us unconditionally, no matter what we do or don't do. And he loves us so much that he is willing to um, offer up the ultimate sacrifice um, for us so that we can be saved. Because if not, then we would be lost forever. So God's love, agape love, is both unconditional and sacrificial. Uh, the second part is that this love, this fatherly love, it is part of God's character. And if you know anything about God and his character and his nature, it is who he is. You cannot divorce God's identity from his nature or his character. So when John says that, um, I think it's first John says that God is love, like that is what this means. God is love. Not only does he love, but he is love. And so anytime that we are trying to figure out what does love look like in the situation, you know, what does it mean to be loved, to give love and all those things, we only need to look to God for the answer because he is love. Everything that he does is because he is love. And that is why this type of love is unconditional and sacrificial. A third piece to this type of love is that um, it thinks favorably of others. Uh, you know, it gives people the benefit of the doubt. It does not assume, um, you know, ill of somebody. Um, and this is really important because, uh, you know, I know sometimes when we're dealing in our, our in real life relationships, it can be difficult to give people the benefit of the doubt. It can be difficult um, to not think that people are up to no good and out to hurt you or out to do something wrong. But when God loves, when he looks at you and I, and he is loving us, he thinks favorably of us, right? He's not coming to us assuming that we are, you know, broken or dirty or wrong or sinful, you know, or, or all of these bad things that we might put on ourselves or put on others. He just sees his child. Um, and he's like, you know, this is my daughter. I love her. She's beautiful. And I will do anything that I can for her. Um, you know, very similar to a parent like would do for their kids. You know, when I look at my boys, um, I try my best to always think favorably of them because I do love them and I don't want them to um, to feel otherwise. And the last part of this idea of agape love, this fatherly love that God has for his children, is that this love is going to give whatever the other person needs. And when I first was studying this and reading this, I thought, oh, like that just sounds awesome. Like they're going to give us like all these good things, right? Whatever I need, all these good things. Um, and then I prayed about it a little bit and I realized that, um, yes, like God wants to bless us. He wants to give us the desires of our hearts. He wants to, you know, prosper us and, and give us all these great things. But it says whatever the other person needs. And I think that the key here is that sometimes what we need is correction. We need redirection. We need discipline. We need conviction, right? We need all of these things. And so part of God being a loving father is, yes, on the one hand, that he is good and he is gracious and loving and kind, and he pours out these blessings upon his children. But on the other hand, he also is loving us when he does not allow us to remain in a state of sin, when he doesn't allow us to continue down paths that are taking us away from him, away from who he created us to be, away from what he's called us to do. So when we look at this, we get a fuller picture of the just miracle and the gift that it is um, of Jesus coming to earth, living as a man, dying on the cross, for our sins and, you know, being raised from the dead three days later. 
It is this all-encompassing, um, super sacrificial, beautiful, unselfish demonstration of love. Um, it's definitely unconditional and sacrificial, right? I cannot imagine giving my life for people that I that don't even exist yet because they've done something wrong when I have not. Like that just blows my mind. Um, and, you know, we know that God is love. Um, we know that he looks upon us and he thinks good things. He thinks favorably of us. He thinks we're beautiful. He thinks we're lovely. He loves us um, and he wants to do great things for us. And he's willing to give us what we need, um, even when it's hard. And so having that um, out of the way, I am going to read um, prophecy from Isaiah. Uh, it's in Isaiah 52 um, and 53. I'm going to read that over you um, as we wrap up our time here. And I just want you to listen because this passage um, at the end of Isaiah 52 and all of 53, this is very descriptive of God's, of Jesus' sacrifice and his love for us. And so as I read, I want you to think through the different points that I highlighted about this agape love that we are focusing on and studying during this Advent season. And listen for um, the verses and the descriptions that speak to um, this unconditional sacrificial love that is part of God's character, that thinks favorably of us and gives us whatever we need. And so I'm going to start in Isaiah 52, verse 13, and then I'm going to read all of um, Isaiah 53. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people. So his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Thus he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them, they will see. And what they had not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that would look upon him, no, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, and man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their faith, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of all of us to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shearers, he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of living, for the transgression of my people, to whom the stroke was due, his grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, we will see his offspring. He will prolong his days and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him a portion with the great and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. Lord, I just want to thank you for this time that we have spent in your word together. 
Um, we know that the Advent season is coming to a close, but um, our wait is not over, Lord. We still wait with great hope and expectation for your return. For when you come once and for all to right all wrongs, to make things new, to end suffering and pain. Lord, we have been seeking to make room for you in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. Lord, we've, we're trying to prepare our hearts for your coming in our, in our situations right now and when you come to take us home to heaven in the future. And as we reflect on what your love means, what this agape love means, God, this fatherly love towards your children, and we think about this passage that I just read, um, God, we are just so humble. Um, we're not worthy, God. We are not worthy of all of the pain and the hurt and the suffering that Jesus went through. That's kind of the point, God. We on our own can never be worthy. We can never make things right. We can never, you know, pay for our great transgressions against you. And we are so grateful, God, that all the way in Genesis, you had this plan of sending your son to rescue us, to redeem us, to restore us, to our relationship with you, God. We're so grateful and so thankful. And Lord, I just, I just pray for each of us that are working through this study together, God, as we think on hope and peace and joy and finally love, God, that we are able to keep all these truths close to our hearts, keep our eyes on you, God, so that we can stand firm in your love and in your promises, God, that you are soon to return and that you are also here with us right now. No matter how hard things seem, no matter how much it hurts, God, we thank you so much for being with us, for never leaving our side in all these things. In your son's name, amen. I hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's episode. I pray it inspires you to draw closer to God. If so, would you stop and share this episode with someone that you know that's feeling weary right now? It would also be a huge blessing to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review in your podcast player. This will help women just like you find the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, sometimes life just plain sucks, but God is always there with you. Rest in that truth and find hope for your weary soul.